Welcome back to edition number 17 of Talent Talk. This week we have on senior John Anderson Bobo, as he's better known, member of the men's track and field and men's cross country teams here at UNF. It's a great interview talking about content from his favorite Twitter follows to running culture and recovering from a injury. But before this week's feature interview, we will get into last week's action looking at men's and women's basketball, swimming, and news in men's and women's sports across the department in general. Men's at basketball went 1-1 one one last week, picking up an 89-74 victory against FGCU. That was January 9th, before suffering its first home loss of the year against NJIT Saturday. UNF's win against FGCU was its second largest margin of victory in series history. North Florida is still leading the nation in triples, converting 233. Women's basketball is now 9 and 8 and 2 and 2 in league play after downing NJIT 71 to 48 but falling to number 25 FTCU Monday. There were a couple of big performances this past week by the Ospreys. Senior Janisha Green posted a 10 point and 11 assist double-double in the win against the Highlanders while Adrian Jackson turned in a career high 18 boards against the Eagles. Going to swimming, swimming picked up a 120-111 victory against Georgia Southern January 11th. It's the second victory for the Ospreys against its CCSA rival this year. Critical first and third place finish in the 400 free relay tipped the scales. Preseason polls were announced for tennis, with the UNF women coming in tied for first in the ASUN preseason coaches poll. That's the third consecutive year that's happened. UNF looks to start its defense of its five straight conference titles when it hosts Flagler and FAMU, Georgia Southern, and Cornell this upcoming weekend. Some off-season news for men's soccer. Former Osprey standout men's soccer player Alex Morell has been in the professional ranks since 2016, and his latest move brought him from the South Georgia Tormenta FC to the Greenville Triumph FC. So with that quick recap, it's time for the feature interview today with a guy that is fresh off being honored as the latest UNF ASUN Winners for Life honoree. Anderson Bobo. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. So um, first off, why Anderson, not John? I was thrown off by that. Oh, yeah. A lot of people are in the story of my life. So my full name is John Anderson Bobo III. And when I was born, I lived next to my grandpa. And like my dad is junior. And so that's just way too many Johns. And then so I go by Anderson. But then everyone calls me Bobo, which is my last name, which I'm perfectly fine <laughs> so you've with. you've got like three options here. I do, yeah. And I can go with the full one if I really want to. Does that happen often? Do you get called John in class or how does that work? Like when professors first, you know, get to know you, what, what happens with that? So usually if the, um, if there's not a lot of talking in the class or engagement, I'll just go with John because it's like I'm living a double life. So it's a little fun. They're like, John. I'm like, oh, wait, that's me. But if we start talking a lot, like later down, like I'm down the road in my communication classes. So we're always like talking with everyone. And so I'm like, okay, my name's Anderson. Like, you can call me that. Or Bobo if we're really comfortable. Sure. Okay. And I mean, I don't know what you're trying to do in communications, but Anderson, you know, Cooper, obviously, you've got, you know, that's a good name to have in the communications world. So um, so first off, why running? I mean, that's a big part of your life, obviously, both, you know, cross country and track. I mean, that's pretty, you know, comprises a lot of your identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm a huge basketball guy. So I grew up playing basketball, but I played JV in high school for ninth and tenth grade. But I'm a small kid. Like I'm five seven on a good day now. But <laughs> then I was like five two, five three, not cutting it. And yeah. so I wanted to go to a sport where I was getting playing time. 
and I would sometimes run on my own just to like push yourself and get in shape. And I'm just someone who like really embraces the grind. Like I was the dude in basketball that played super hard on defense and just annoyed everyone. And so kind of like getting down to that grit and grind kind of translated well to running. And so I went out for the track team in high school and the coach was really cool. All the kids were awesome. So great environment. That definitely helped me stick with it. So you're kind of like that old like Aaron Craft, like, you know, just like I'm going <laughs> to scrap and get get some steals at the top yep. of the key. And, I'll you take know, a charge. I'm going to take a charge, you know, going <laughs> to get some assists, you know, not really going to. I might get a, like a bunny layup here and there, but yeah, that's maybe about if it. I don't miss it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so did you run competitively in high school then? Yeah. Um, or at what point did you start running competitively? Rather. So I did track my freshman year, but that was just kind of, I didn't know what was going on then. You were just joining an activity, essentially. Yeah, exactly. And so 10th grade cross country was when I started, uh, like I was starting to get pretty good. I was one of the top guys on the team. And so I was like, okay, this is a lot more fun now that I'm doing well. And then I just kind of stuck it out from there and then started taking it really seriously the next two years. So anytime you were doing kind of shuttle runs or like, you know, kind of conditioning basketball practice, everybody's loathing it. You're probably like, I'm killing you guys. Like, oh, was that the case? I was the king of that. Yeah. I'm not, <laughs> not going to lie. <laughs> it was probably, I probably went too hard looking back on it, but. Why is that? I was just, I didn't need to be doing that. Yeah. Like I didn't need to be trying to kill the starters and the sprints. <laughs> you, you need, I mean, you needed to have, you know, some kind of swag going, going into practice. So I that's get, where you're getting it probably. I yeah, don't know. I guess I needed some type of identity. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm glad it translated into something else. So you, you kind of did it kind of offhanded to start. And then you're like, yeah, I got pretty good. And I've actually heard this for a couple of different runners um, that it kind of, Nathan I was interviewing before mm-hmm. and he kind of um just said this was what I was best at and then when did it really click for you and you're like I'm going to be a division 1 runner um probably my junior year um I started hitting some nice times at a, and I was beating some of the times that the best guy on our team hit his age and so and I knew he could go D1 so I was like oh maybe I want to do that like that would be a really cool idea and then my senior year, I was injured a little bit, so that kind of stagnated my training, and I was super low mileage in high school, which is a good thing because, you know, potential. We always joke, you always want potential. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, and then I just wanted to keep going on the whole story. Yeah, keep going. Okay. However, it evolves, I mean, th- to the point where you're getting contacted by schools and why yeah. you chose North Florida. So I wasn't co- contacted by that many schools, some D3 schools. Uh, JU actually sent me mm-hmm. some letters and stuff. And then um, I had I was able to get in contact with Coach Pig, and I talked to him, and I told him my times from high school. And at that time, all my personal records, PRs, were from my junior year when I wasn't hurt, and my mileage was still really low then. And he's like, "Okay, I could see like you're project projected to do pretty well, and so maybe have some talent, some potential." And then so I went on a visit here, and the dudes were awesome. Like the team, I was like. I did a little run with them outside of school, and uh, they were so funny. I was cracking up the whole time, like, I want to be here. So do you talk when you run with group? Yeah. Okay. I probably talk too much. Like, <laughs> we'll be in the middle of a workout, and I'll say whatever comes to my head, and people will just be like, shut up, Bobo. Like, so, like, even in, like, you know, if you're doing kind of a high-intensity run, like, even, like, you know, it's not like a long-distance casual run, you'll you'll mm-hmm. be talking? Um, every now and then. But I so you're like talking smack probably. That, oh, I'm yeah. just making jokes maybe to like <laughs> make people laugh or some throwbacks to what someone said earlier okay. in the warm up. 
So probably a little bit too much than I should. But then once it starts getting tough, I'll, I'll get quiet and just focus. <laughs> so does every kind of running group have like like a pecking order of like or like a social class, like who does what and like how people <laughs> act and like who um, says what and like people that lighten the mood or people that are like downers? Like, yeah, does that exist? Um, definitely. Everyone has their own identity when they run. That kind of comes out like a second side of them. But um, when you're running just a normal run. So like our training comprises of just like normal runs and two to three workouts a week. And the normal runs, it's basically just, like, everyone's, like, equal just in the running world, too. Like, I'll see someone running recreationally, yeah. and I'll be like, oh, they're grinding out now, and it's yeah. just a 50-year-old lady. Like, I respect that. And you can tell, like, by looking at them at the corner, if they're stopped, and you're, you're like, oh, this is this type of runner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. But then when it comes down to workouts, usually, um, obviously, if you're faster, you have a little bit more input. Because if you're slower, you don't want to be, like, like... Nathan is way faster than me, and I don't want to be telling him what to do in a run because he's doing his own thing. But if you're a senior, you have a little bit more pool because these freshmen will come in usually from teams where they don't have a lot of teammates that are as good as them, and they don't really know how to act in that situation yet with running. And, like, Rob Leveroni, great captain, Noah Perkins, other senior, and they'll just be like, hey, like, do this, do this, and then people will respect them because they're seniors. So how does that work strategically? Like if you are, you know, if you're, say you're running a long distance run, uh, more kind of in the cross country realm or even outside of like college competition, say mm-hmm. you're running a half marathon or something, you know, somebody's faster than you. Um, how do you even the playing field in a long distance run with somebody that's faster? Ooh, um, most of the time, if I go out on a run and I'm running with some guy that I know is way faster than me, I'm just going to try to hang with them as long as I can. Okay. Um, or <laughs> there's a joke that I'm like the king of saying like, yo, chill, like on a run, like, all right, we need to take it easy. No need. And to like kind hard. of like playing possum and being yeah, like yeah. actually, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> sometimes the guys can get like get antsy really early and sometimes you don't want that necessarily. You want to like preserve it because we're running like 13, 14 miles right. at a time. And so I'll just be in the back going, hey, chill guys. Uh. I mean, that's honestly, there's a lot of truth to it though. I mean, like, you come out of the gates hot a lot of more mm-hmm. times than not, I'm guessing. And it probably doesn't just happen when you're competing in practice. You probably notice it no? Yeah, definitely. So how do you curtail that? Like, how do you, you know, reel that in is, does it take somebody to tell you or, you know, or did people just naturally come back to earth? <laughs> um, I say it's about 50, 50. Yeah. Someone will go out hard in a run and sometimes you can catch them, but everyone on our team is so talented though. We have dudes that have that ability so Nathan will usually be in the front leading, and you just let him do his thing, especially once they get older and they learn. Because sometimes you'll tell freshmen, hey, don't do this, because like we're looking out for you, but they don't quite really re- realize that at first. Yeah. And then once they realize, like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of tired in training, like, because there's a different type of tired you can get kind of like burned yeah. out than, because doing any type of physical activity is tiring. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, just it comes with age and learning. It's all part of a process. So go into that, like, different types of fatigue. Do you get, like, like the central nervous system fatigue where you're, like, I'm literally just exhausted versus what, like, um, my calves are super tight. I'm kind of achy. Mm-hmm. Like, is, there a, is that a difference or what's the difference that you kind of would say? Yeah, I can definitely see a difference. So a big point in our training that Coach Pick preaches is sleep. And that's, I've definitely realized that I did not do in high school. If you're getting eight to nine hours of sleep a night, you feel so much better when you're working out, going to school, living life. And so, like, this past night, the national championship game was on. 
So I didn't I didn't get the best sleep. I went to bed before the fourth co- quarter, coach, if you're listening. Discipline. But yeah. <laughs> still, I didn't get my regular eight to nine. And so in the we had a workout this morning. So I definitely hit the wall maybe a little bit earlier than I should have in the run just because I was just overall tired. Yeah. So how much time do you runner do you and how much time do runners like to give themselves in the morning after they wake up? So, for example, for me, if I'm, you know, just recreationally running and I wake up and let's say I, I run like really pretty recent, you know, or not recent, but uh, pretty close after I wake up, I'm feeling like kind of overheated. Like mm-hmm. I'm just kind of shaking it off still. Do you like to give yourself a buffer? Uh, I do now. Yeah. In high school, especially when you're younger, you just, like just wake up yeah. like, within five minutes. I'm out the door running. Mm-hmm. But now I like to give myself at least an hour before mm-hmm. just kind of wake up, walk around, let the stomach settle drink some coffee, some mm-hmm. little breakfast. Mm-hmm. So I'd say hour is probably a good window. Um, if we have a later practice at like 9 a.m., sometimes I like to wake up at 7 or 7.30. Mm-hmm. I think just the more time I have beforehand, the better. Mm-hmm. Do you? So do you eat before a morning practice? Yeah, I usually have a granola bar or maybe some oatmeal. Mm-hmm. I need something in the stomach. Yeah. I mean, food is fuel. So. A little bit of energy, some carbs to get, get you going. Mm-hmm. How much, uh, I always am curious with runners, how much water do you intake a day? Do you intake enough or does the coffee kind of get in the way? Ooh. I'd say I'm pretty good at, at it, but I could definitely do better. If I have a bottle like I do now, like I'll get body armor yeah. for my coach in the morning, then I'll just use that bottle and just try to refill it. Because if you have a bottle, you'll just constantly be sipping. Yeah. And so that definitely helps. And so I don't know, maybe like six, like six or seven bottles a day. Okay. So what are the little disciplines that you've kind of taken on at North Florida or little habits that you see runners do? that you've added to your repertoire, whether it's, you know, with sleep or, um, sleep strategies or, mm-hmm. you know, race preparation or diet. Oh, wow. Um, Hmm. The guys definitely get on me about my diet a lot. So I'm, I'm <laughs> they like razz you for not having a good diet. Yeah. Cause as I said, food is fuel. So when I yeah. go to the Osprey calf here, cafeteria, I'm like, I just need something in my stomach. And if nothing's looking good, I'll just get pizza. Yeah. And, I love soda, but I'm I'm trying to get off of it. Sometimes it just goes so well with pizza. Yeah, I, I that's can't a, help it's it. a it's always a staple combination right <laughs> there. Pizza and tacos, pizza or uh, soda and tacos, yeah. or pizza. You know, it's just there's something about it. But you obviously have a quick metabolism. That seems to be the case for a lot of runners. Yeah, I definitely do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot of us do. Um, what do you uh? what do you preach in terms of uh, taking care of your body? How have you kind of, and this is going to get into another part of the conversation that we're going to have about your injury. Mm-hmm. Um, what's something, you know, that, that you always try to do every day. Is there something that you do, whether it's rolling out or stretching or um, that you add for, you know, getting your body ready and repaired? Yeah. Um, so I'd say it's kind of in three steps, like preparation during and then post. And so definitely um, activating your core muscles before. So I have pretty weak hips, so do a lot of runners. So Mm -hmm. I'm always doing some hip activation drills before. And that just helps you get ready for the run, lets you get a little bit more explosive and making sure everything's firing correctly. And then during the run, um, take your easy days easy. Um, We have really tough workouts this morning. We had a nine and a half mile workout. And so if I don't take tomorrow easy, easier and listen to my body, I'm going to be not feeling good for the next day or maybe then next few days or workout and so taking your easy days easy definitely comes with age and experience 
is it hard to balance that when especially if you're running in a group and like you know you're going to try to compete in practice even like mm-hmm. um it's like looking at a weightlifting program and being like i really can only do 65 percent of my max today why can i not do it and then yeah. you end up trying to do like 100 like does that happen where it's you know you've got to really be strategic about it and it's hard um Sometimes it depends on the person. We have guys, I think I'm pretty good at listening to my body, and sometimes I just physically can't go faster. Um, one of my teammates, the 1500 A-Sun champ, Jared Vasquez, mm-hmm. is great at running slow, which sounds funny for our fastest miler. Just out there the other day at practice, I saw him just taking his sweet old time going around <laughs> the track before everybody started <laughs> practice, and he was going, you know, a little moping along, but, I mean... That's probably part of his strategy at certain oh, yeah. points. Yeah, definitely. And it's helped them progress well and stay healthy. But it is hard when you have a group because maybe the conversation is really funny. They're talking about a movie <laughs> I really like. I'm like, oh, I got to get up to the pack real quick. It's like quick. I have something to share. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I love talking. I'm not going to front. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so going off of that and just kind of learning your body and taking care of your body, it seems like you probably have a, I'm like, oh, I'm kind of indestructible mentality sometimes with running. Is that Was that the case before your injury? And then go into what the injury was. Yeah. Because it's um, a pretty unique one, but it's mm-hmm. happened to more people than you realize. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I was pretty healthy my whole high school career. And yeah, just like from playing other sports and just diving around and running just super hard, um, you think you're indestructible. Yeah. And then my senior year, I had some small stuff, but it was just more muscle related, like weak hips or having the IT band problems sure. but then you would never think it would be anything else and then it's just take care of the little things and that'll happen and then yeah um my biggest injury in my career once I got into college was in 2018 I think in February maybe yeah, yeah um I was running on the road near the fountains and a car was coming and then I went on to the side to get out of the way and I hit a curb and I just kind of fell on my ankle and twisted off the curb and I mildly displaced my fibula I feel like I should know this, what yeah. it was, but yeah, so I, I fractured or it basically I broke my ankle Yeah, doing that. Did you know right away when it happened? Um, the instant pain that I got, it was just like bang. It was so sharp, like nothing I've ever felt before. Yeah. I was like, man, I'm messed up. Yeah. But then I got up. It wasn't that swollen at first, which is weird. And then I was like, hey, I'm good. Like, but this was three, this was a few days before our indoor conference race. And this was my sophomore year. So my freshman year, I, was, I wasn't that good. I was just a little boy trying to, like, <laughs> get into the program, get situated. Yeah. And then I had a kind of a breakout cross-country season that year that no one really expected because I was a walk-on. Mm-hmm. And then this track season, I was, like, I was getting in a really good shape. And I'm like, all right, I'm grinding. I really want to – I didn't know if I was going to run at the race yet for indoor conference. Mm-hmm. So I was going super hard. So when that happened, my first thought was, oh, no, like, I'm not going to be able to race at conference. Like, right. I didn't think – and I just thought I twisted my ankle really bad. Yeah. And then... And it's like, oh, man, like, even a bad ankle twist will put me out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then, so I I was able to hobble, because I was really... I lived in the fountains. I was pretty close, so I yeah. hobbled up there. And then... Probably didn't want to tell anybody. No, not at all. I called uh, <laughs> Coach Pig pretty soon after. I'm yeah. like, man, I messed up. Like, like I don't know what happened, yeah. but he's like... He's very positive. So he's like, mm-hmm. eh, we'll just get you in the trainers. And then mm-hmm. I got my friend Rob to pick me up. He helped me walk in. And then I saw the trainer... And then Coach Pig comes up to me and he's like, oh, oh, I don't think it looks that bad. Like, he's like, you think you'll be good to run the 5K Friday? And I'm like, yes, sir. <laughs> and I was just hyped at the news that I found out I was going to run. Yeah, that you even got the chance. You were getting the chance. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I was like, all right, let's go. But then I looked back down. And by that time, like a couple hours afterwards, like it was getting pretty swollen. 
And so I knew it was bad, but I didn't expect it to be broken or fractured. And then later that day, I got an x-ray, and then the guy came in, the doctor, and he was just like, yeah, so you fractured pretty well. And I'm like, oh, darn like, it, come on. Man. Yeah. yeah. Terrible bedside manner. Yeah, great, yeah. Great not, doctor, not, great guy. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of, they just delivered the news, you know. Yeah. It's got a deadpan about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading uh, the Spinnaker article about it, yeah. um, kind of comparing it to uh, Paul George's injury as well, and you're a Paul George fan. Uh I mean, it's a little pr- bit. not a, this. Yeah, not a little bit of a Paul George fan. Yeah, you said more um, Gordon Hayward fan. I mean, he had a pretty gruesome injury yeah, too. Yeah, theirs were way worse than mine. Yeah, those their bones and were sticking out. When yeah, they got those hurt. were pretty <laughs> jarring. Yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, just seeing famous celebrity or yeah, professional athletes and celebrities that go through injuries that are somewhat similar is pretty inspiring. So seeing stuff like that makes you motivated, and you see them come back because they're always in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, okay. If it's happening to them and it's way worse, mm-hmm. like I can get And they're back. back there. Yeah. So what did you do at that point? How long was the recovery? Um, how was it for you mentally not be able to train? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was out in total. So I had surgery two weeks later. I got um, carbon fiber screws. Interesting. Upgraded from the metal wow. a little bit. Um, so I got seven screws in Bionicle, the plate. man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I was I was out from like February to May was when I think June first was my first run back and I'm gonna say like run with parentheses because mm-hmm. like yeah it wasn't really a run I was, was your just activity. jogging around yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and by then that was when I think I might have I just got all the ankle bracing so that's when I just started running so I was out for a solid like what is that three or four Th- months mm-hmm, three yeah. months mm-hmm. and then. Uh, and then that whole summer, I was just slowly getting back into it. Um, it took me a while to just get back into true running form. And I, I would say not to like maybe this summer, like a whole almost year and a half removed from it. Coach Pig did a really good job of slowly progressing me back, um, which that part, I needed it. But also mentally, like I was doing some different stuff than the other guys. But at the end, it definitely helped me just like doing slower, longer, like tempo runs Mm -hmm. instead of like a really high intensity thing Mm -hmm. that will help progression. But when I didn't run, uh, the big inspiration for me rather than like other than professional athletes would be my roommate, Manny Velasquez, Mm -hmm. um, who, of course, yeah, yeah. unfortunately, you were roommates with him. Yeah, Yeah, right now. Okay. Yeah. um, He got ran over by a car when he was running once and that's way worse than I think it's ever happened to me. And I'm sure a lot of people. And so that must've been huge for him to be around. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And because he is like the most positive guy I know. And he is hilarious. So funny. Um, he has like a childlike enthusiasm about him. And so just seeing him come back from that and then he's running now, he's training for a marathon. He ran 20 miles the other day. Oh man. And so wow, (laughs) he wasn't at that point then when I was hurt, but just like knowing what he's gone through. Oh, like, I have I this. this. I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. Is it for a runner? I mean, you depend on it probably mentally a lot too. Like I'm guessing just the, the experience of running every day. Yeah. Um, I tried to do what I could, but I was in a cast, so I mm-hmm. couldn't really do much. So I would just be doing some ab workouts mm-hmm. on the track where the boys mm-hmm. are running. Mm-hmm. But the team also gave a super positive environment. So I just, and I made a, um, a point to be at practice every single day, even though Coach Pig was like, oh, you don't need to come. You can just like stay in your dorm, like focus on school. But I was like, no, I want to be there. And she was like, all right, like, mm-hmm. we'd love to have you. Mm-hmm. And so, like, every day they're doing a workout. Like, you can find pictures of me with Coach Pig, like, doing the timing for the guys. And so I was just trying to stay involved yeah. as much as possible. 
yeah i mean you don't want to feel removed at that point when you get back you know because you're going to feel like wow this is shocking to be back in this environment almost yeah um for you is it hard to get back into it um like cardiovascularly or muscularly what was the hardest adjustment physically um i'd say at the beginning probably both um obviously like my ankle was super weak at the time yeah and uh but also, yeah, I was really out of shape, and I'd say, I'd say I'm not the most naturally talented guy. Like, I get good at running just by grinding and running a mm-hmm. lot and trying. Like, I want to be one of the highest mileage guys on the team, Yeah, um, pushing 70 to 80 miles a week. So getting back into it did take a long time. I, I remember the first run. It was June, like June 1st or something in Orlando where I'm from, and just blazing hot, so humid, and I could barely breathe. But then that's probably still, like painful almost. Yeah. Point. Yeah. It felt like I had like a, a hot blanket over mm-hmm. my lungs, but that slowly went away. Like I, the run started to get a little bit easier and then, yeah, just getting the ankle back um, and doing rehab and stuff and letting the body adjust to running fast. Cause I wasn't just trying to get back to like daily life. I wanted to get back and run mm-hmm. my best and contribute and help the team win ACE on championships. Yeah. For your own self too. I mean, mm-hmm. to be able you know, for, contribute for the team and then, um, I was going to ask a question about just how you view running. I mean, running is one of those things where it can be recreational. It can also mm-hmm. be competitive, but you kind of, you know, it's one of the few sports where uh, at the collegiate level where you can c- kind of combine both in your life at the same time where it's like um, you might have a baseball player where, you know, you can always, com- you're competing on the baseball field, but it's not like I'm going to go out and track my, you know, you know, exit velocity just for <laughs> recreational purposes yeah. on the side, you know, type of thing like that. Like, how does that, mm-hmm. you know, how does running kind of fit in your life outside of competing? Um, I, before I would say I like, I run strictly to compete when I was mm-hmm. doing track, but I really do enjoy it. And just the communal aspect I've every summer I help out at a running camp, which mm-hmm. I know sounds so lame, but it's so much fun. Um, all these high school teams all over from the Southeast come over um, in Brevard, North Carolina. And I'm, I went as a kid in high school and now I'm a counselor for the past three years oh, wow. and just meeting so many people, so many connections and just from running and from high school to college, I've met so many people. So I love that aspect of it. Um, just going back home to Orlando, I have a bunch of friends from my year from other schools and local areas that run collegiately. Sure. So we always get together. We're still running. I still run with my old high school team every now and then when I'm back home. And so I, I love, um, the community in itself, which is really awesome. But that's probably 50 percent. But the other half is like I want to see how good I can get. It's why I ran in the beginning was I wanted to be good. I didn't want to do a sport where I got no playing time. Yeah, I wanted to do something. You want to be in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wanted to see how far I could push myself. Mm-hmm. And I like having the chip on my shoulder. Mm-hmm. You know, just being this small scrawny white kid. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, what can he do a little bit? <laughs> um, and so yeah, I've, I've just tried to work really hard at it. And I've came here as a walk on, and now. I'm a scholarship athlete, and so I think that shows like how hard I've worked, and that's was really a big goal for me. Do you, uh, guy, do you or you know guys on the team have you know they ever talk about having aspirations to um, do those you know the ultras and all those types <laughs> of marathons like outside of it? It's like a whole other. I mean, speaking of running community, you know you have your collegiate running community here at UNF, and then that's a whole other kind of community mm-hmm. where it's like this kind of kind of alien-esque you like know like athlete <laughs> yeah yeah um i don't think any of us want to do an ultra marathon like a 50 miler or something mm-hmm. i do know people that have done it and 
big shout out to them. They got some grit. Like mm-hmm. that is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the most prototypical thing would be going and doing a marathon. Um, my teammate Rob always jokes after he graduates, he's gonna do two marathons: one to qualify for Boston and Boston. So I think that seems like a pretty good goal for myself that's and others goal. too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so yeah, that's probably the only post stuff. But um, the cool thing about running though is it is one big community. Um, like we know a bunch of high school athletes, and then we also know a bunch of pro athletes too, which is kind of cool. Like Eden Meyer, who used to run yeah. here, runs pro now, mm-hmm. and she can just show up and you can say what's up and talk to her. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some pro athletes that train at our track, and you can just say hi to them, and they're just like, "Hey, what's up? How you doing?" And so mm-hmm. that's re- really cool thing about the sport of running that not a lot of the bleh, not a lot of other sports have. So, um, so you're obviously communications major as well, correct? Yes, sir. Um, and some runners, what's the typical running personality? I've, I've seen kind of a broad spectrum of pretty introverted kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, do their own thing and, and then, you know, seem pretty extroverted. (laughs) What's the, uh, what's, what's the balance there? Is it random or? Um, first I'm just gonna say runners are weird and we'll label that ourselves. Like we're some weird dudes. We're running for fun. Yeah. Um, but I'd say it's pretty mixed. Um, we definitely do have a lot of extroverts on our team, um, and then we do have some introverts. I'd say we're maybe just because it's in the team environment, we do like it is more seem like more extroverts. But um, it is pretty normal to just have like standoff guys and stuff just in the sport um, because it is a sport where you don't need a team to do well in. And so in the running community in general, you could run into some weird cats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so that is pretty cool. But yeah, I don't know if there's technically a runner type. I would mm-hmm. just say we're all weird. That's fair. That's <laughs> fair to say. Um, you you know, speaking of being extroverted, you've got a pretty pretty good Twitter presence. I think Thank you know, you. I've had some <laughs> good you know tweets that have received quite a bit of recognition relative to the average citizen uh, these <laughs> days. Uh, what do you attribute that to? Uh, you know, favorite follows uh, mm. on Twitter, maybe aspirations in the media world. I don't know. Well, you know how to gas me up. I, yeah. <laughs> I love I love Twitter. I'm not going to shy away from that. Uh, Twitter is so awesome. I love it because it's just another way for me to express myself. And just with running, for me, life is finding about ways I can express myself and through sport, um, through like communities. But and through Twitter, I just have such a fun time just letting people know what I say. And that's maybe why I'm a communications major. Like I would love to host something like this in the future mm-hmm. when I'm older. Um and so, yeah, I'm, I, I wouldn't say I don't censor myself in ideas, but then I'm still PG, you know? Yeah. You got to keep it clean and fun. Yeah. Um, favorite Twitter follows? Um, anyone at UNF, you know? I think a bunch of my teammates are pretty funny. Uh, Tim Doyle's got a great Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Garrett Sam's got a good one on the basketball okay. team. Okay, okay. Um, professionally, or like not knowing that I actually know, uh, Rob Perez, we were talking about him earlier. Of course. Um, yeah. He's an NBA fan, and he, he has the clips up before they're even posted. It's on amazing, TV. right? He takes yeah. them with his phone of his TV, yeah. and he puts them up with some hilarious inside <laughs> NBA joke. Mm-hmm. So he's probably my favorite follow. Okay. Um, favorite team? Ooh. Um, <laughs> my, my teammates always joke about that I have like 10 favorite teams. <laughs> But none of them are good. Uh, <laughs> so, um, I lived in outside of Washington D.C. area for about okay. ten years growing up. So unfortunately, I like the Washington Wizards. Yeah, I mean, historically bad team. They've had a couple, couple, you know, first round runs and exits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then being from Orlando, I also like the Magic. That's fair. Who 
also within the last decade have been very bad, but they're on the mend. They had that one good year, with obviously going uh, with Hito Turkoglu yeah. and you know Dwight. some of those guys and Dwight Howard. Legends, but yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> was kind of you know Jameer Nelson, you know, <laughs> and, and whatnot. Um, yeah, speaking on that, what are your um, you know what are your goals potentially for you know the work world and communications coming up here? Uh, late in your UNF career, and then what do you hope to accomplish this year um, in the track season? Um, so I'm a multimedia journalism and production major, uh, and so um, probably in the immediate future, I'd love to get into a newsroom early and just kind of see the layout of that. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm really pushing for right now. Um, and just creating content, I love doing that. Mm-hmm. And the the end goal, like my dream would be to host a TV show or something, because I like talking, I like people hearing my opinions. Mm-hmm. Sounds so Who narcissistic. Who does it? I mean, but yeah. I, I have a lot of me right it. now. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that would be like the dream. That'd be awesome. And then, but wherever it takes me, honestly, mm-hmm. I'm up for anything. Um, and then for running, um, whew, I'm just trying to get in sick shape. <laughs> that's like, that's what we say a lot. Like, are you trying to like? What are you trying to run in this? Like, I'm just trying to get in sick, sick shape. shape. Yeah, just so, work on yourself, right? Get yourself to where you need to be. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think here at UNF, a main goal is just getting ready for cross country. Mm-hmm. And as a long distance guy, like I run the 5K and the 10K, mm-hmm. the morning events. So I'm just the whole year is just prepping for cross, trying to get that ASUN championship. Um, but individually, I'm trying to go sub 15 minutes in the 5K. Okay, that's. That's been a goal a of mine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's been a goal of mine for a while. I think it's definitely achievable this year, but it's it's like this one barrier that you break that people look and you're like, okay, yeah, he's a good runner. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. like that's like a you know a badge of honor mm-hmm. in a sense. Yeah. So that's what I'm aiming for, and then whatever I do at the ASUN Championship, uh, outdoor for track, on a place or medal, do is wh- whatever I can do to help the team. Sure, another opportunity to do it here this year. Yes, so, sir. Yeah, I love yeah. hosting it. It's awesome. That's, that's a great thing. So. uh Thanks again for coming by. It's good to hear you. I know I've been meaning to get you on here for a while, so glad to make it happen. Thank you so much. I had a lot of fun. All right, Anderson Bobo. Peace. Thanks for bringing the energy today, Anderson. Great to talk with you. Good luck with the rest of your training and into the competition season of your indoor year. So a few things on the horizon tonight. Men's basketball is a big game against Jacksonville at JU. And another big day follows with women's tennis opening the year with matches against FAMU and Flagler. It will play Georgia Southern Sunday and then Cornell Monday. Swimming battles Old Dominion and VMI. That's in Norfolk. While women's basketball goes to JU as well, January 20th. So make sure to jump on ticket sales. We have baseball and softball season tickets announced as well as a pair of flash sales that are available for men's basketball, softball, and baseball. So Thank you for listening to another edition of Talent Talk, and we'll be excited to bring you another episode next week.